Hey everybody, welcome to episode 54 of Tactical Crouch. We're a competitive Overwatch podcast and we have six months of nothing to talk about. That's not true. This is going to be hype. Just what are we going to do? Off season's fun. Roster moves. We're going to talk about rebuilding. We're going to talk about all the news and the nonsense that's going to happen. There's World Cup. That'll be kind of fun and bantery. Like we, we, I, I feel like this is a little bit overstated. It is a weird like you know funeral for the season but i th- i think i think a lot of people are, are sleeping on how exciting the off season is going to be i i i always kind of i already look kind of forward to the next episode because now i feel like i kind of lead to you know keep the holiness of the finals intact i can't really shit on people dude i have content about content stacked up where i just want to go in on people <laughs> for like things they did before the finals where i'm like yeah it's probably inappropriate to come out with that before the finals mm-hmm. just like stacking bodies here it's like well yeah i, I think the off season is as exciting for me as this season was yeah yep, yep. well we've even said it on the show before where you know you you kind of get the content handed to you over the season which is fine but like you don't get to get really introspective on a whole lot of things and go yeah. you know what let's talk about this this week or let's go on a tangent um that we want to go on or something like that instead it's like well let's you know oh the defiant played boston this week it, nobody watched basically the sides of the boxes that we've been in all season have fell apart and now we get to just sail the the open season it'll get crazy but it, it, i think it'll be a good time yeah i also feel confident that we are going to have more high profile guests more frequently now i can just sure, ask definitely. people they're not in the you know in the high stress situations and they also not in situations where they maybe don't want to comment on certain teams because they're maybe maybe that takes a little longer and it's moving towards December where teams uh, like coaches for instance are already established and players have already found their new teams where they can speak more freely. But you don't want to burn bridges uh, even with like mild uh, like well intentioned comments. And I think uh, generally guests are more uh, available during the off season. Yeah, for Thank sure. You. So we're going to be doing that. Um, but speaking of good times, Joe, you were at Grand Finals. I was. How could you tell? I, I actually couldn't, like, I don't know, did the screen just was the screen like no. an ultraviolet you, you have not. Bed? You have not ad- adjusted your, your monitors, the contrast, the, the saturation levels are all nominal. Uh, your boy is a baked lobster. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm sure. very, very red. Sure. Oh, you want you want to see the the band of respect? This is this is the the ultimate band of respect. <laughs> There's a red half moon separated just by like white boy line. This is so, where your hairline uh, used to be. Exactly. That's very true. Um, <laughs> a, a young me would would be very uh, scared to see that as a you would do that, wouldn't you? <laughs> there is now a, a screen cap. <laughs> oh my god! So, she was hey, you know what? For the- you you've got the gun to the head. You've got the band of uh. I I am a permanent Naruto cosplayer. That is a that is a beautiful. You you we'll we'll get to decide uh, what what village I'm from later. I suppose. But uh, yeah, grand finals was great. Got to meet a lot of people. Some people from the show came up and said hi. Met up with them. Eric Sandman. You know, much love. Um, had drinks. Did some work. Uh, it was a good time. It was, it was fun. It was fun. Philly uh, was interesting to say the least. It was 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 a little interesting. You didn't have to tweet out your press pass this time. No, I I really hate that. That's like 
like going to become like a reoccurring meme around finals time every year. I I had a ticket. Like they didn't need to give me one. I was fine. Um, but no, I, I Blizzard Blizzard did did as well up in up in the media room. It was pretty cool. Nice. That that's you okay, so that's a story. So <laughs> Okay. Story time. Right. Call the Uber from the hotel, and I'm supposed to go to the Comcast like about tower your racist or whatever. Uber driver, is it? No, because we, that's already, we going already said to be... that we can't talk about that on the show. No, that's not going to happen. Okay, did have a racist Uber driver. That was a ride. Um, but anywho, this guy was super nice. My Uber driver was super chill. Like he wasn't into gaming, but he had like a a, a cousin or a nephew who was like big on YouTube. That was cool for him. Um, so we kind of like talked back and forth, and then I had like a plan throughout the the week to figure out like. You know, when I get into the Uber, what what's there to do in Philly? I, I don't want to hear about the tourist traps, this, that, the other thing. Like, what's your favorite thing to do in Philly? Favorite food, favorite place to go, favorite bar, like you name it. I'll check it out. And he's rattling some stuff off. Like everybody seemed to have their own cheesesteak shop. Um, and we started talking about like esports, and he was like super interested. And we pulled up to the Comcast like center. Um, and there was like a Philly fusion thing going on outside with like signing Achilles was there. Um, so I assumed that was the building. So I walk in, I go up to the desk, um, per instructions and I'm supposed to check in and say like, Hey, you know, I'm so-and-so I'm here for the overwatch league grand finals. I need to go up to floor, whatever. So I go in, I check in. They're like, uh, yeah, we'd have no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, uh, okay. Interesting. Turns out through talking to the uber driver we had we had like gone a block behind us so i had to like loop back around to the proper building apparently there's two buildings walk inside everything's kosher everything's great past that point but i, I walk inside of uh i get in line to go up to the the floor that we needed to go to and and tizzy and i think um their translator jun was there we get in the elevator together and the security guards giving them the kind of like a tour of of the building they're like you know what's this building for and the security guy is like yeah there's like a hotel and they're like well how much is it to stay here just like jokingly and the security guy laughs and he's like uh it's enough uh beyonce used to stay up there and they were like super impressed and amazed like oh beyonce like it's crazy um and yeah like it was it was it was just a trip to see like everybody just kind of like and experiencing like this this very like well like kind of ritzy little area that they had to set up in but cute little story of, of tizzy being exciting for the uh the comcast center and then what uh what that meant so did you say hello no it was fine it was Why a not? quick elevator ride i mean i'm not gonna bother him so is what it is hello bad bumper <laughs> that's definitely not what i would say <laughs> uh that's cool Fair man enough. that's yeah, awesome it was just it was just a little neat little a lot of coincidences like that happened throughout the weekend so yeah that was pretty neat that's great. I only had one. I, I was at TwitchCon this past week, but I do want to give a shout out to Ed, a.k.a. Captain Beans. Uh, stopped by the TC Helicon booth. And my, my whole day consists of basically talking to streamers about like partnerships and sponsorships through uh, TC Helicon and what that process looks like. Sure. It, it's very exhausting. Not that I don't love hearing from it. Although I did have one. So I had one. This is a tangential, tangential story. But if anyone, if you feel like follow me on Twitter or come into any of my streams, I love talking about like community manager horror, horror stories. <laughs> and I had one where this guy goes up to our booth and he starts badgering like three of our employees 
about wanting to be sponsored. He goes, who do I talk to? And they're like, well, we're not. I kind of give him like a canned response of like, hey, have them shoot a message to me after the thing. Or if they really want to talk to me, have them come talk to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he basically he was just kind of being rude about it. He was like, "Well, what do you mean? Like, look at how big my Twitter is. Like, look at how big my Twitch is." And he walks over to me and you know starts saying like, "So apparently you're the only person who can actually sponsor me." And I was like, "Well, uh, not untrue, but whatever. Like, tell me about your stream and um uh, and and stuff." And so he does, and then he's like, "Ask me like, how do I get sponsored?" And I start telling him how he gets sponsored. In the middle of my response. Busts out his phone, starts th- scrolling through his Twitter timeline. As I'm telling him how we can pay him to uh-huh. do that, like you, so I, I literally stop. I go, "Are you really checking your phone right now while you're asking me for money?" And he just like, "Oh, it's it, it's just a habit. I, I um uh, I, I have to make sure that I, I'm, I'm like I can see it's your your like regular Twitter screen or whatever, like." I no, he, sorry, man. Like this isn't gonna work out. I hope you don't approach all brands like this. <laughs> so, literally, I have Jesus this guy Christ. busting out his phone in front of me. I'm just like, man, what are you, what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> like, what, what the That's hell ridiculous. are you? I wish I had that confidence or like wrong confidence of just Arrogance. approaching people, and then yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, so ca- shout out to Captain Beans though. So he comes up. And I'm I'm like expecting like another sponsorship conversation. <laughs> he goes, "Hey, I'm I'm Captain Beans. I, I love Tactical Crouch and all that stuff." And oh, we just sweet. sat and chat for like twenty thirty minutes about Overwatch oh, awesome. League and the podcast. And he asked a lot of questions about like how we got to do to doing this show together versus like Overwatch League daily, and it was really cool. So that definitely a highlight, if not <clears throat> the highlight of my weekend. So uh, hey, Ed. What's up, Ed? Up? You get a shout out. Yeah. All right. Yiska, anything exciting happened to you before we actually talk about Overwatch? No, I guess, like, if I want to talk about my experience with the finals, I still feel like, okay, let's, and I guess that's a good bridge in, in talking about it, but I wasn't actually that upset by uh, Chalk just following this. Mm-hmm. I think. It is a very authentic and like it makes sense, right? It's not not like, of course, like we, when we we're in a real world scenario where real world people do this, but like it's not like it from a from a story writing perspective. It feels like a Deus Ex Machina, where like out of uh, nowhere this just happens. Shock had been on this role, and the fact that they competed this role and just like the entire thing, like. Honestly, these finals, especially like with the emotional involvement that I personally had in this league, I I still feel I gotta say it like this emotionally. I, I still feel very full from the final. Mm. I f- f- my heart's still full with the ex- entire experience, with the joy that the players did. I think they did a way better job with the uh, ceremony. I like that moments. Like I I I had to like there, there were a couple of tears rolling for me. I, I think like it was a great uh, final in terms of like the experience that I had, even though from a gameplay perspective, of course, it's not like the thing you wanted to have. But just like from the experience, I was definitely entertained. I was satisfied with the outcome. 
Yeah, I mean, what was that like? So well, let's just go in and, and talk about this for a second. So uh, if you sure. if you are living under an Overwatch rock, uh, <clears throat> San Francisco Shock swept the Titans four to zero, and uh, it, it it was about as one sided as it sounds. Um, yeah, it was even for two teams as close and high caliber as they are and should have been. It was not very close by really any any measurement. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, I was saying, I think I on saw, some maps it was, but yeah, not that. Right, but I mean, even then, you're like, yeah. these are the two best teams that are at eleven eleven. This did not look like two teams that yeah. were eleven eleven. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was saying, I think I saw Janu on the kill feed more than anybody else for Vancouver. Like, it was, uh, yeah, it was just, uh, it was interesting, man. Like, I. I would love to know. Maybe we can get Harsha on and just talk about how they prepared and like, mm-hmm. you know, if if that's kind of what they planned on. Like, did they know that they would be seeing like certain looks? I mean, it wasn't anything too surprising that I saw. I mean, both teams were. Yeah. You know, we had strikers injury. Sure. Just kind of. Do you see the picture of that? Yeah, they they popped it up in the yeah. area. It was, it was pretty gnarly. So you've got strikers injury. You've got like super and bumper sitting. You've got like some of these things that um are just kind of weird for grand finals, just in general. If you aren't kind of watching the progression of these teams, but yeah, yeah, just very one sided. Done, and they they managed to squeeze three hours out of it though. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, mm-hmm. it was. It it didn't it felt fast in the arena, which is a good thing. Um, which which means that there wasn't a ton of downtime to just be bored. Um, I was hoping for something a little bit closer, but all in all, it was a fantastic production. Um, even with the few hiccups with the, the monitor in the arena having like a good like chunk missing. Um, that was fixed by map two and um yeah, no, it was it was good all around. It was a good time um nice little stadium it was surprising to see at the tailgate a lot of uh fusion fans coming out in in strength a lot of fusion fans which was cool to see um which kind of leads me you know gives me hope for 2020 that people are really going to go out to these these you know homestand events that are going to kind of make up the season and you know really really support their teams um in terms of emotion i will have to say I, i did get that philly sun that is true i am very baked um and not in a fun way <laughs> um, jesus christ so many other ways to say that from one of the most prolific yeah. writers in overwatch like... but that's the, that's the fun part it goes it goes both ways um in terms of emotion it was kind of cool to see I, I think we were standing in line and i recognized super's dad was walking up mm. um it, from one of the first people i got to interview just starting overwatch was like super like a lot of the lg evil guys um got to talk to him saw his dad there oh, cool. and then to see them, you know, win, you know, you know, got to feel a certain way, you know, had to, I had to hold back some, some feelings after the pyro popped off and you see everybody on stage just kind of cheering about. So that was, that was a cool moment and uh, definitely can understand, you know, emotions flaring up. So, you know, it was, it was a really, really cool experience to see, you know, somebody who's been in the scene for so long in front of their parents and in front of the hometown, sadly didn't get to play, but you know, still, you know, help his team get to this point and then just, you know, hands off the wheel and they, they want it in four hours. So yeah, it was, it was really cool. Uh, Oh, he's here. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool to see them. 
Duh. You never know. You never know. What a coincidence. Yeah. Duh. Uh, I do have a question, though. And that is, so Vancouver lost, obviously. Yeah. The entire playoff bracket was double elimination. Sure. The grand final, though, was single. Do you feel like we could have seen, like, would it have been a better series if we would have had to see Vancouver? I think it would have been. Come on, Joe. Joe, let's go into our time machine. Let's go uh -huh. to 2011. Back to StarCraft. Okay. Extended oh. series. Extended series. Not great. Okay. Um, I think just imagine the experience of sitting through two four zeros yeah i like after map two after ike and wall that was like all right well this is shock's gonna win it doesn't matter shocks won this game yeah i i it was that was, was so was boomed after nubis like that's, that was it was it, it, it probably would have been worse if you had to sit through another series either yeah um, yeah i don't think they get back yeah no i don't i don't think so I but if you're, just... what, let's say you're on Vancouver, though. Sure. Like, what advantage did you get? First from... map pick. Well, you got first map pick. Didn't and have to play I think as side many selection games. as well, right? Um, then, possibly. Like, side selection being advantageous towards you. I'm not 100% on that. But um, I think, theoretically, that is actually, like, in a tight situation like having the first map pick is not inconsiderable uh, advantage though one has to say because of the system in overwatch where we only have uh, to have certain maps from certain modes to uh, select mm -hmm. it limits the amount of outplay outpick potential there simply okay. because it they it, it doesn't feel that we often have people who are like very good on one map of one map type and then very bad on the other. I think it's more that certain teams are very good at 2CP, some teams are very good at, and these things transition then in, into the yeah. other um, parts. So that, that advantage is not as big as it sounds from esports history, judging from that. I, I feel like we're still very game type. Like we teams have yeah. good game types, but they're and I and I definitely don't think that there is no parity in terms of the maps. But I think the the big swings that you'll see team by team is on the game types rather than the maps specifically. So I'm sure mm -hmm. that'll that'll improve in the future as as the game gets figured out and patches and whatnot. So site select was shock every map. How so? I'm, I'm almost positive oh, yeah. Vancouver oh, yes. got first okay, pick, because after that point. <laughs> that is actually true. <laughs> Every map was chosen by yes. Vancouver Titans this series, yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Um, that is rough. <laughs> but yeah, they played yeah. less games, which doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. It just gives you, I think, more time to prepare and, and really yeah. kind of feel out how teams are, are playing in the meta. Um, yeah, I think it for Vancouver, it really just came down to just poor execution on the day. That was not the team that played all season long. Um, is it a matter of, you know, not showing up in the finals? I don't think so. Um, it was just a bad day. Uh, it just yeah. so happened to be on the last day. We, we've seen them dominate all season long. We've seen them beat the looks from literally everybody. Um, yeah, it's 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 a mess. It's 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 unfortunate to say the least um, mm -hmm. that that had to happen on that yeah. day because we wanted this to be the big grand finale. But either way, it was two, two of the best teams. It was still 
um a beautiful story to see one of those teams just transcend and 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 go you know as they say uh, a level beyond so mm. it was it was it was really cool to see yeah what was it like I, uh from from home what what was your experience like um well i i gotta admit because i was talking to german friends and explaining a lot i didn't really sure. get to listen to the cast which I've felt bad about it and probably will go back because I've always said that um, Uber is a big arena caster and he's really only unleashed in these environments and he has this ability to feed off of a crowd that was also seemingly very much in favor of um, shock, of course, because of proximity and, you know, player nationality and whatnot. Mm. But... um, yeah, I think uh, overall the experience was quite nice. Uh, nothing that that's actually the best thing I can say. Nothing really stood out as like a thorn that really de- that like made the experience worse. Um, I think I even specifically looked at the observing that was done quite well. Um, I must say, which is oh, I can I can confirm a, new... a couple a couple like key moments. Um, was from a uh, friend of the show, Peggy Moira mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, do you remember when Architect jumped up on Eichenwald to the chandelier? Yes, they told oh, yeah, me that, that was the last. Yep, yeah, that was the last. Yeah, was it? Yeah, Dope. and then they caught the the solo from uh, Twilight onto Rascal on Eichenwald as well, where he threw the nade against the wall. Like I was like, ooh, that's mm-hmm. hype. So yeah. that was really cool to hear that they were uh, they the masterminds yeah. behind that one. So that was yeah. really dope. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that is all sweet. It also fills me with hope for next season that this yeah. all works because, like, being in that new arena is the best um, simulation of what observing will be like. Likely, mm-hmm. I think. Not inside knowledge there, but um, as it will be next next year, and that worked very well. Um, production. I th- was there something with microphones i think maybe at some point maybe i'm i'm uh misremembering that again like for the most part you, you can't really ask me too much about the stream experience because it was so involved with uh sure. explaining the, the matches but yeah i i think overall i was uh positively surprised by um, the the um also the music act Zed was quite quite nice, you know. I'm not a, not a dancer, but homeboy got got me to put my hands up. I put my hands up. I started jumping about. It was a yeah. good time. It was it was. Did very, everyone very do good. that? Yeah, the whole arena. He said hands yeah. up, and without without a, a single shred of thought, everybody was stands up, hands up, just jumping about. It was it was cool to see. Nice. I, I will say, wasn't a big fan. Like there was some like serious like high intensity strobe lights. It yeah. was like real bad i had to like look away i was getting like quite dizzy mm-hmm. um but yeah that was that was really cool he just like insane the pyro was unexpected i don't think anybody expected like i don't know if that was that showed up on stream at all but a lot of a lot of a lot of pyro that was that was very surprising um also was very concerned at the very end when they shot the confetti and then pyro went off i'm like is this supposed to burn? Like, is this a, like are my mesothelioma type stuff? I'm like, am, am I going to have to like file a class action because I'm going to get ill from this weird burning? Um, that was concerning mm. to say the least. Um, but yeah, I, I, Chad mentioned, you know, MVPs and that was something that I mulled about like 
early on. I was sitting with uh, Kenobi, friend of the show, contenders caster. Um, and, and we kind of went back and forth on, on who should have been MVP because it didn't feel like Choi should have been just like immediately after the show. But on like second recollection, you know, we kind of debated back and forth about it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you don't want to give it to somebody who only played a couple maps, even though they were super mm-hmm. impactful. Yeah. But, you know, after, you know, sitting in an airport for about eight hours. Uh, yeah. You know what? I, I think I probably would say Choi was the most consistent. There. I don't think there was a great choice. There wasn't like an obvious one. Um, but but Choi definitely showed up. Had a had a I, I don't have we have have we seen Sigma eat ultimates just yet? Was that was that yeah. the first couple? Yeah, I think when it started, like especially May ultimates. Uh, yeah, I mean, sure, really quickly, frequently, but yeah, I, I personally thought it was a fine choice just because they they play or he played all all the maps. Definitely, but I mean, I wouldn't have hated, for instance, to give it to uh, Violet, for instance. Sure, um, I. Would have been a cool story. I haven't looked at him in depth, but uh, what Moth did, if he was to be Finals MVP, Definitely. like um, Lucia just in general, being like, I don't, I don't want to have a super pleb take and just say, oh, yeah, give it to the main support. I think um, there was um, definitely just a solid performance generally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, what I, I, I think in the mid season already pointed out like Choi I think if okay I if I was to wanting to win the entire season mm-hmm. I wouldn't put Choi on my team if I am in a knockout situation where I'm playing against the best teams in the world and I need my off tank to outplay the other other off tank Choi is the best in the world for me at that like this kid has like such weird mind tricks again and again. Also, still on um, on uh, Diva, like the type of uh, outplaced with like uh, Diva bomb interactions and just sure. like hunting down and knowing really like where the exploit windows are. And then again, that that happening on different picks uh, once again over the season. I think there's definitely times when he completely blunders and it's just like, okay, use just like spaghetti for the last 10 seconds. Just take your hands off the keyboard and res- press the reset sure. button for a se- for a, So it's it's not about consistency as much. But like he just has this ability to outplay extremely high performers. I, I noticed that when they uh, played in the regular season against London mm. um, and here, I don't think like... He had any blunders and definitely had some pop-up situations. So I, I didn't hate it, but maybe I felt a little bit bad about there not being an obvious option, I think. Yeah. Because last year there was, I, I don't think there was another choice. Than no, 100%. 100%. Um, just, just to see him, you know, kind of struggle early on with Sigma didn't look fantastic. It seemed like Bishock in general just didn't really have a good understanding of what was going on going into playoffs and then to see the run and his growth um was was a really nice a, mm-hmm. a nice cap to the year to say yeah you know it was, it was it was pretty cool it was pretty cool yeah um any other takes from the finals um hmm. no i mean the arena was nice i think the again 
it, it'll be interesting to see what uh what fusion does i'm still trying to figure out exactly where their arena is supposed to be apparently it's nearby the arena or like in it i'm not sure um but yeah all in all it was a pretty fun experience pretty great experience um and yeah just kind of excited you know these these events in general just kind of are like the great motivator you get to see and meet a bunch of people but also like to 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 witness that kind of culmination um within these these last you know some odd months uh is 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 a nice reset button to whatever nonsense is going on upstairs so yeah just looking forward to to the future and and next year but postseason got to get going on those we're going to do uh our our power rankings post-mortem i think probably in the next couple of weeks and let's so, do it like That'll i said last week on the show i collected all the comments that were amazing by people who listened to the show or or at least just saw the graphic and then just started like spouting out angry things at us i hope that this becomes like a, a normal thing for us as well so that people come at us with like their hot takes and you're just like okay well if they're hot enough you're gonna get put in the post-mortem and we're just gonna roast you so yep. if you want to get roasted or just be also, right you know sometimes you're just right also if that we also said happens. anything um in terms of like uh dumb takes that were absolutely terrible like for uh-huh. instance Shengdu. um would be dope if you if any of the fans were to rewatch it in any way to just see what it turned out to be just yeah. like in the youtube comments just put a timestamp to the other video and then i yeah, i don't just it. want to roast you know random random comments towards us if we said dumb stuff then uh, i just want to roast, let's roast ourselves i disagree i want to roast you guys and i just want to think <laughs> of ours as really well thought out and totally correct 100% of the time. That sounds way more Definitely. fun. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds way more fun to me. Yeah. It'll uh, be fun. It'll yeah. be a good time. All right. Drinks will be had. Here's here's some news. Uh, Washington Justice have departed with their coaching staff. And, uh, and ARC, actually, as well, has been confirmed uh, to at least be looking for new opportunities. I haven't looked too much into the arc thing yet. I don't know if it's like he's been released or he's yeah, just been released I'm not. to be able to look for other things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the big one here is is Wizard Young. The uh, coach is with the mostest. Um, obviously, the Washington... Um, oh, my God. I'm really... Justice. The Justice... Have did not have the season I think that they wanted. Sure, especially if you take the uh, the last stage out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of turmoil there. A lot of, I mean, you've got a tale of like the two coaches where you've got Krusty, who went mm-hmm. from Boston and obviously saw a lot of success in season one in Boston, went over to San Francisco and saw even more. And then you have Ridiculous Wizard, success. Young, <laughs> Wizard Young, who had amazing success in NYXL and was going to, you know, bring the same thing to Washington Justice. And that didn't happen. Thank God for the Florida mayhem, you know. <laughs> so I, I guess so. I'm going to I think I already know the answer to this question. Uh, but I'm, Yiska, I want to ask you. Uh, mm mm-hmm. If you're an Overwatch League team right now, are you yeah. shopping for Wizard Young? 
this year? As what? As a head coach? Head coach, let's say. <laughs> no. No, I don't think he's a head coach. And I don't have too much inside information there in order to ju judge that. But from the things here, it hasn't convinced me that... Um, because, okay, let's quantify what a head coach should do or does in the Overwatch League. Because that may vary from team to team, right? Depending on the involvement, maturity, and skill set of your general manager, maybe your head coach can be like a hyper-involved and hyper-knowledgeable person about the game that then just delegates tasks and leadership um, tasks are let, left to the GM, even though it would be weird, but it's not impossible. That's just like you just shift hierarchies onto that person. It's just not very common in the Overwatch League. So generally, most teams function on a, on a way where the head coach, of course, knows his Overwatch is probably not as knowledgeable about every part about the, as the specialized coaches are. But first and foremost, delegates, leadership personality, authority figure, and just like structures the team uh, that way. So um, for the second category of head coach, that it doesn't necessarily need to know that much, makes sense that someone like Wizard Young shouldn't, um, shouldn't be considered in that regard, right? Um, Moreover, uh, I don't think any coach is ever completely out for reasons we've brought in mm -hmm. or brought up on this podcast many times, where it's just like sometimes a coach works better in different environments. And maybe the, the coach itself or himself is not good enough at judging what kind of a team he needs to build around him in order to work at its best. But still, it's like you still update your prior and this was not a pretty season and i also don't put any like to there shouldn't be too many brownie points given for stage four i think that was almost inherent talent you got to look at the people that actually scouted and selected the people that popped off such as uh, corey and those people i would give more uh more power to then again like w w we will see um, where they land. I think I wouldn't be surprised if... <sighs> Who else was on there? There's a fourth person. I'm... Avala, MKL, Wizard Young, Wizard and who's the... And Shrugger? Shrugger? I, I can't comment on Shrugger, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if these three others had trouble finding a spot in the Overwatch League, especially with their respective um, requirements in mind. Mm-hmm. I, I think I agree, but I think I also disagree. And, and what all I'm going to say is I can totally see any one of these four. As, I mean, especially Wizard Young, who's just like, you. there's, I think, given the fact that he's still given interviews, which I think he will be, there's a lot that you can say and talk about that is information that we just don't have. Right. And if he mm -hmm. can express those challenges well sure. enough and how he could have or would have changed that given the right resources time players mm -hmm. whatever uh there it jury's still out for me on that uh but i could also see any of the the remaining three going to contenders for a season and then coming right back up to overwatch uh league like there's it kind of just happens right 
Yeah, mm-hmm. we've seen with a few coaches sure. now where they've, you know, they they went to Overwatch League, spent one more in Overwatch, and then now they're back in Overwatch League or uh, contenders, and then now they're back in Overwatch League again, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah, I I don't know. They, I mean, worked this way was, for Mineral, right? Yeah, right. Mineral uh, was one, and then we um, wasn't it the same for? Uh, oh my god. I mean, Bishop took a little break. Uh, then, uh, I mean, Moon. Uh, sure. Moon, yep. That's who I was going to... Yeah. So, with with probably a the lot best of those... example because he actually went into contenders, but yeah. Sure. With a lot of those cases, you, you kind of still have to be busy with something. Um, I, yeah. I assume that Wizard has is, is, is always been very good at kind of marketing himself and putting himself out there and being very um, interesting to teams to say the least. Um, so I expect him to still be at least in the running for a couple positions, whether or not that's head coach, that's kind of uh, the jury's out on that. As for the other three, I don't know. It depends on how and what they do in the postseason. Um, yeah. I, I think they just kind of have to keep their, their names out there and, just uh keep mingling and yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised to see them end up on anywhere else as long as like nothing has happened because it is so hard to just like speculate on coaching you know how good were they really um i can yeah. understand some serious criticism it was three stages and they really never improved much yeah. um so there 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 is room for criticism but it's you know how much is is really warranted that's the question. Um, yeah, how much I'm, do you I'm sure go, yeah. How much can you throw to the, the coaching exactly. staff on that? Like there's a lot of argument. I mean, we already knew from the beginning that they were hamstringed, right? With the, the budget allocation issues sure. of like, you're going to have this much cool. Let's pay up the butt for these guys. And then uh, actually let's cut that in half. You know, I mean, Houston outlaws kind of the same way, right? Like how much of the fact that you can't sign, make any changes how much of that then is a reflection on your coaches being unable to coach? How much of that sure. is just on maybe not having the best players that you could get? Were you given the resources to to put a, that yeah. team together? Hundred percent. There's a lot of variables that go into proper coaching, and, and and it starts at the top. And if things weren't you know structured properly, or um you know, set up in a way that the coaches could properly coach the players and have the players buy into it then, you know, nothing they say is really ever going to work. Um, and for a team that, you know, very publicly said like, hey, we're not going to be the best, but we're going to improve throughout the season. I, I think they came in with with accurate expectations, but just never realized how bad it could be and how hard it would be to kind of dig out from the trenches to get to somewhere, some to some to some ladder of improvement. Um, I, I think it was just, you know, shell shock, um, you know, and, and just a mess uh, in, in general that nobody's really specifically to blame for just in terms of uh, if I had to kind of like diagnose from the outside. And, and that's very hard. And again, take everything I say with a grain of salt. So, um, yeah, I, I think everybody still has like some merit to them and, and probably will find their way to they'll, they'll land on their feet, I'm, I'm sure. Let's let's also not forget that different positions share different types of autonomy about the decisions. And maybe if you have a head coach on one team, 
do you assume that this head coach put the entire roster together and that system failed? So th that head coach definitely has more responsibility than the head coach that's brought in and is told, like, these are the players, make it work. That That's different scenarios, different mm -hmm. re responsibilities, and also just different allocations of how much you should put the failure or success at the feet of these people. Sure. Um, so that is an, an internal thing that is hopefully, hopefully uh, disseminated, that information. Also not... Uh, or hopefully truthfully between the teams, because mm -hmm. I I feel like there's like in business it's just like you don't want to badmouth a person, um, and you shouldn't. But at the same time, you gotta you gotta give it like yeah, you gotta at say, the end of the day, it's business. It's nothing XYZ. personal. It's just like I don't think yep. they're right for the position. I'm sure they're a great person, but if I want my team to succeed with the information that some of these people might know behind the scenes are this is is this a a, a favorable gamble is this yeah. a gamble at all do they know enough do they have to do more in-depth interviews with these people just to kind of really figure out okay what happened what are what are your thoughts does that align with how i'm trying to structure my team this that the other thing um i like again they're gonna land somewhere i i'm i'm sure you know they'll be fine mm -hmm. but uh yeah hard hard to speculate on that Coaches, yeah. coaches is always tough because you you want to you want to applaud them, but it's hard to criticize them uh, when when things go awry because you're you're really not back there, and it is a uh, a cluster to say the least sometimes. So, and arguably the same tr same is true for players as well. Yeah, because their own server performance is also not a direct representation of the actual skill set, depending on what the team requires them to do. No. to play around like sometimes you say oh is, isn't that a terrible decision whatnot like we had this with clockwork and send regard mm -hmm. who of course like in season one wasn't the greatest tracer but also like when your team doesn't play around a tracer well no then like you're not going to look as good as you could possibly do so th that needs to be evaluated itself and the resources you're given also the attention you're given by coaches like some i heard it very often during the, the season, it's just like, okay, this player has potential, but it's just the coaches didn't really have like one-on-one -on -one coaching with him. He was largely left alone. Mm. And um, like there, I, you, again, you got to have more information. And that's also why like it's, while fans want to speculate, I caution with certainty, right? Yes. Like you can definitely, the the phrasing should be from the outside. It looks like it seems like maybe it is rather than oh it god, is. Yeah. it one hundred percent is. Nobody ever should hire this person again. Have you seen their Twitter? Oh my god! Like ban them from everything. Get the pitchforks. Get the torches. We're going yeah. to town. You can't know, and yeah. that and that does like you said. It does transition to players very well because. You don't know if the team told them to play a certain way. We heard that with Atlanta. You know, you, we don't know if this is a coaching decision. We don't know if this is a player decision. We don't know if the players literally just forgot. And the coaches are like, no, we, this is the game plan. You have to stick to the game plan. There is a lot of variables. I don't think we should really be talking in certainty at all with a lot of this speculation. Um, you definitely have opinions, have strong opinions. I'm all uh, totally on board with that. But to speak with 100% certainty when... We're, we're, we're just the audience and that's that's almost dangerous i'd say
because somebody's going to take that. And if you have any kind of a position in the community, somebody might take that as, as, you know, gospel and then, you know, preach it to, to their friends and their friends. And now it becomes, you know, that's how rumors start. And that's how, you know, yes. these, these nonsense it ends up on Reddit and it, it just, it can be dangerous. So just, by the way, have your opinions. Uh, by the way, if you are in chat right now and you have some questions about any of the topics we're discussing or otherwise, really good time to do it because uh, we've we've got some extra time. Um, so right. yeah, I mean, yeah. So I don't. We we only get to see two dimensional two dimensions with yeah. coaches, right? Yes. Like I would love for like to get Harsha down and be like, this is a play that we designed. Everyone was in the right spots. And it just didn't happen, right? right? You know, like it happens in football all the time. We're going to do a running play. Everybody, you know, does their jobs well, but someone on defense does it better. You know, all it takes right. is one stray shot. Mm. All it takes is like one random doom fist flick. And, you know, your whole your whole play can collapse, even if everyone else is doing the right thing. But I will say when it comes to like great coaching, I, I wish that teams would celebrate that more. Um, not to not to shift focus from the players, but if the coaches are out there like giving, you know, impassioned speeches, like I, I kind of want to listen to what Packing has to say to his players, like in the arena, in in the in the the dugout during these games, because I think that would really kind of like highlight for the community how good somebody like that is, how good somebody you know that that is well respected comes in and and just tries to rally the troops. And I think that would be a lot more tangible that people could like get a hold of and really understand. I think coaches are, aren't highlighted enough to begin with. Um, they don't get much screen time like at all. So it's just like, go ahead and market yourself because um, the team isn't going to help you in, in most ways. Um, I, I, I hope that more, not content, but there is a little bit of a, the pie for coaches to be able to show like, Hey, this is this is something we did. This is something that I designed or the team designed and the players executed it very well. And, you know, beautiful. Look how look how smart we are. Look how good our team is as a, as a whole. Um, it, it's not just the players always that there. There are a big brains behind the scenes kind of leading the charge or at least attempting to and drawing up game plans for the for the players to follow. And even then, um, you know, we've got a lot of great uh, people who do VOD reviews like, you know, I, yeah. off the top of my head, like peak dream, dream yeah. two who are you know really excellent and even but even then it's like you can only go so far to know it's like is that an intentional drawn up play gone bad or well um or is it just i don't want to say luck but you know luck mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's just really tough to say can you guys break down why titans were so unsuccessful against the shock um i think we kind of did a little bit at I the end of the day, I Joe think it was, was just an execution thing. Joe was actually quite correct in the um, in the episode we did before that, where you said that the Bastion aspect of it is definitely an X factor, and it did turn out to be an X factor. I think, yeah. I think, I think the, it was they were the fuller team. They had the, the the biggest arsenal, and yes, the Titans were the team that adapted to everything throughout the stages. But when we saw them break down and, and struggle the most it was when stuff got thrown at them that they were prepared for but they had to constantly switch mindsets it's like okay we have you know math class and then we have to go to science class and then we have to go to art class 
if I can just sit in science class, I'm going to be a great, you know, statistician. I mean, I might be, a, you know, a great, you know, whatever class I'm stuck in, I'll be great at that. But when I have to change all over the place, that's when things start getting muddied. And I think Shock did that beautifully. And it was very apparent that they, that was their strategy to constantly level change and force them to adapt map by map by map. What 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 will also be interesting, and hopefully we get some coaches on here to talk about it or get to know it otherwise, is the quality of practice for the grand finals. Definitely. Because, was... like, I don't think too many, I don't think there were other Overwatch League teams currently scrimming, and if if yep. or if they were, that they were in tryout mode, definitely not in tournament mode, um, and. Who are the other people available? Like the Gauntlet uh, yeah. teams, right? That are currently, but many of them are in Korea. So it's it, it, it would be interesting to hear who they actually practice against and if that is actually good practice and to prepare for. And because let's be honest, like these two teams, Shock and Titans, they are far in a way better than like normal contenders teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the quality of practice is to be questioned. Um, but yeah, it's it, I don't know how much a role that played, but I would like to hear if there was any difference in the quality of practice that Chalk got and mm -hmm. that Titans got. Um, something else from Austin in the chat says, do you think more coaches are going to adapt Krusty's regimented style and utilize bench players more in season three? Uh, I that was really, and that's a really unique play style, right? Is you get kind of the the rascal architect look, and then you get the um, Sinatra. Oh my God, why can't I think? Um, Sinatra striker look, right? You get mm -hmm. that's kind of like the two DPS pairs you get, and they you know they switch quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if it's just the meta that works right now. Or if that's just actual, like, these two players play these heroes, these two players play he these heroes, we're going to switch every other map, and we're going to run it because they're better at those. Right. Those heroes I that we've designed for the gameplays on those maps. I think many coaches have tried, and the crusty approach is actually the outlier where it works. Yeah. Like, it's like... I, I think I think for the future it's it has its benefits and I, I've definitely been a big proponent of having a larger roster um, especially as we go into 2020 but I think it really needs somebody who is very well respected has tenure will get your players to respect them and buy into whatever the team has to say and just accepts and, and just goes forward yes it's beautiful when you're winning like what would happen if shock were, were, you know, bottom 10 in one of the stages? Would this have been such a, a dominant run throughout the entire season? I mean, winning stage one coming or no, they won stage two. They came second stage. They did, they, they, they did well. Okay. They were, they did very well for themselves. Finals, yes. And they won, they lost one, one, two, something happened three that I can't remember. <laughs> Yeah, they came lost. second, second stage two or three. Sorry. Yeah. To Shanghai. So they did very well for themselves this season. Um, what would happen if morale took like a valley? Would they be able to bounce back? Was that something that Krusty was prepared to do? I tend to say he was. Um, it, do coaches have that playbook and have that that those same resources that he does? I don't know. Um, I would hope 
that uh, maybe his style is is you know uh, deconstructed and you know somebody else picks it up and tries it. Uh, but I think it it really coaching in general feels like it depends on the team rather than just like this is my style and it's plug and play and it works for everybody. It's not usually the case, especially if we're going to compare coaching to teaching. A lot of people learn different ways. You have to kind of learn how the the pupils or the students or the players yeah. learn and and really tailor it to them. So it's it's not as easy as just like USB like insert Krusty's teaching manual one oh one. Like yeah. it's it's not that easy. It's it's I think more so than people learn in different ways. It's people teach in different ways. Like sure. if I was to go for an analogy, it's like okay, so two animals show up in the savanna and just go like, oh, we got to survive here, right? And <laughs> Like they go up to the giraffe and giraffe is like, and they are like, oh, okay, how, how do we survive here? And the giraffe is like, well, easy. You just go like at the top of the trees and you, you just eat like the a apples or whatever off them. And down there, they're like, you know, horses or whatever and going like, yeah, well, we can't reach there. And the same, in the same idea, it's like, okay, yeah, well, just go multi-roster and whatnot. Like uh, you just like coach all these egos into working together somehow and we did have if you remember like there was a little bit of a spicy moment with um with um striker in the mid-season i think what didn't he have a little bit of a of a temper tantrum on twitter wasn't there something where he said like oh i'm looking for a team or whatever i think he was reeled in just like given the confidence of just like oh, dude if those picks are in you're our man mm -hmm. and what do you know his can becomes uh topical and he's in and if you can make like it's at this point you can just easily say well we we would like to play you we did pay for you to play right yeah but like it's not in our uh ball or it's not our fault that the meta isn't the way it's not in our best interest and it's certainly not in your best interest to just give you play time and let you fail on your own just like okay here you go like you want play time go ahead and play and let us lose and let you have your your stock tank like that's not good for anybody and it it's it's hard as a player, I would imagine, to 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 kind of think that way because it's just like I need to get out there. Like you can't have dead yeah. air. Like it, I have to keep my career going. But just trusting in the coach and being able to to buy into that that we will use you if we can, and they will. Um, yeah, just just having having the specific coach for the players, I think, is is good, and it has to be tailored to. Or you have to you have to meet in the middle ground. Let's say. Uh, something yeah. that comes to mind, though, is when we had Promise on the show, um, mm -hmm. had said that, you know, uh, previous team, it, it wasn't as fun and healthy as an environment as it was with uh, Valiant. Sure. Right. And, mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. it wasn't so much that. Uh, so, like, I like, yes, I, I totally agree. I think um, you, coaches have to find a way to adapt to, to make it in an environment where uh, morale is high and players are willing and able to learn At the same time. Like I think the best players are coachable ones. I think that's kind of the ones, I mean, that's how Boston did stage one or that sorry, season mean. one, right? It was yeah. getting coachable players who can just not really, but shut up and do what they're told. Right. And then that gets them there. And truthfully, there's probably a balance of both. And there are also some, you know, players who are going to really thrive in a regimented, this is exactly 100%. what you do. And there's also going to be other players who thrive in something that's much more, if you're good, 
just keep doing your thing. If you need help, mm-hmm. we're going to work together. Like it's, there's so many variables, right? Yeah. And there yeah. probably are coaches and GMs out there that can just jam, like you have to jam into their system in order to win. And there are probably other coaches who can look and assess and go, all right, this is what the team needs. Yep. Um, yeah. I will, and I will also say in a work environment, like everyone who has worked professionally knows sometimes things just go south between humans. Like yeah. that's just like what happens. Like there's that I can promise you no, no uh, team went through the season entirely kumbaya no. and had no friction there. Like, of course that is going to happen. Yeah. And like it, the problem is that, or it's not really a problem, but you got to manage the PR or the fallout of it and mm-hmm. work with your professionals in that regard as well. Because like the, those, for instance, like let's say last year, right? Like mm-hmm. there were fallouts that were blown out of total proportion um, for because of like play was getting involved and whatnot. I mean, if you can manage those, like, of course, there's going to be fallouts, but there's sure. ways to handle them. 100%. And at the same time, once again, we have to realize that there is always this little element of having a little rascal in you that just like makes you do dumb shit sometimes yeah. that pisses other people off or other people are pissed off, even though you ha- made no mistakes or you made a mistake and whatnot. Like, it's just going to happen. There's just going to be friction and nobody should be surprised and that should also be totally forgiven. This idea of pristine, like anything in anyone is completely foreign, but is so 2019, it's seemingly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, another question that we got from Khan in chat uh, was, do we think that some players will uh, be kept back during traveling to fight travel fatigue? Uh, That's hmm. interesting. So okay, I I have a and specifically they geared it to the shock. Do you think shock will sign any more supports for travel fatigue? I do mm. not think that any team is going to travel with um without everybody unless they're like specifically not yeah. there to play at all. I don't. Never. The other thing is all traveling. Any big travel weeks. Mm-hmm. Are there's at least two to three weeks between big yes. travel weeks, so yes. they'll spend three, four weeks in a certain time zone ish, you know, no l- larger than three or four time zones, and then they'll switch over. They'll have two weeks essentially to adjust, mm-hmm. and then they go back to playing again. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, uh- what Ben just saying is also very true that you could totally see because of resources that teams will cut down the amount of players rather than expand in order to cut travel costs, for instance. That's 100%. not what Ben is saying, but just that's like what I'm inferring. Like he said, I think people uh, build smaller rosters rather than add more rosters in 2020 or more to the roster. I think, yeah, that's that's very likely to happen, especially for teams. Like we don't know what the entire travel costs attached to it also like just like the integrity of it it's it's much harder to temper these egos on the road as well when there's 100%. A, an added 
uh, constraint. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's. I think we will once again see experimentation actually in that new mm -hmm. environment because now, like, we had this slight inclination towards rosters finding like their core seven, eight, sure, eight sure. players in the first season and then in the second season we had teams like Seoul that had mm -hmm. a wide roster then Shock brought in a lot of them um, like just there was some rotation in the the upper teams and they were also bigger in size generally if I think about the top teams especially in the playoffs I think most of them had pretty big rosters generally um, other definitely than, had a bench yeah definitely kind of it's hard to tell if everybody had like or what what the higher higher average was i don't think most of the top teams were like 12 mans you know vancouver definitely had a bench nyxl definitely had players to pull from mm -hmm. um and, and that's kind of where i sit at i i don't know if i i again from my perspective if i agree that things are going to be smaller i just think they're going to be more efficient to the team um and the head coach if the head coach has experience and can manage a big roster it's going to yeah. be efficient for them for, for a crusty, for example, to be able to have, you know, that he's, he's seemingly has shown that he can use a very deep roster and have players buy into that. Like, Hey, you might not see a ton of play time, but if we can use you, if you, if your specialties and if you grind hard enough, we're going to put you in and it's going to be fantastic. What, what they do behind the scenes. I don't know if they internally scrim, whatnot. Like, it seems like he has a good, understanding of how to main or how to manage a, a deep roster and a, and, a, and a large bench but some some coaches might not be able to do it. some gms might not be comfortable with that so for for efficiency's sake they're going to size down they're going to stay with eight it's easier to manage it's easier to deal with player ego it's cutting back on travel costs which is great business wise i i think it'll just have to be measured by the team i don't i don't know if it'll just be like a, a across uh, the board smaller because again you're gonna have to worry about practice and i think like Yiska said there's gonna be some experimentation done there might be another 12 man uh cluster happening and you know godspeed to them but we'll we'll have to see um and mm. bench typed it before i could uh say it but he's Bench is saying like he doesn't think that rosters are all of a sudden going to be walking around with six players. Oh, sure, of course, uh, traveling, but like rather like eight to ten rather than we've seen yeah. a few with twelve, right? Like, there, eight there, to with ten 12, is kind of always sweet yes, spot. Yes, it's right? the sweet Whereas spot. You've got you've got a couple backups in each role. You know, mm -hmm. you have one to two backups in each role, and you can play them and do that. Banter Life also asked if. Um, certain players will stay in certain regions. I think you could do that. I think that that would be a bad way to run it. And I think that the team said, yeah. if there is a team that tries that, I don't think that they do very well. Unless I don't think there we can are do that players, yet. Like we have seen, you know, we have seen some teams who have players who just never saw play and they were never a lot of dead weight. Saw play. Yeah. If there's still some of that there, I could totally see them keeping players back, but not so that they can then play when they come back to that region or whatever, just like no, sure. you're not playing. You're, we just, you're, we're not, you're not a two way player for us. You're still here, but you're, we're not, you're not, you're just chill, man. Go stream. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, that would, that would be kind of an interesting transition from that question. Do we see an increase in two way players to be able to keep them back, keep them fresh. And if you know, the the duty calls you 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 brace them up to a full contract and fly them out to wherever you need them 
Is that something we see an increase in, at least at the league average? I think that would be kind of interesting to see. I think that would be a lot more reasonable than keeping somebody on the books, leaving them without coaching alone and, and trying to manage them remotely and then flying them out to when they need them. At least you can still keep them fresh with an academy team. Still have yeah, coaching. it's not that easy though because you you still got to get all these visas handled, right? One hundred percent. Nothing's ever that easy, but just mm-hmm. like thinking out loud, I yeah. think that would be a little bit more reasonable, slightly more reasonable than just like leaving somebody alone yeah. and without practice and without coaching. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's that's not great. Yeah. So we'll have to see. It's it's going to be, and and I wanted to ask this to a couple of people during uh, the the media kind of day. Didn't get the the chance to, but it does feel like a, a different a, a new era. It it is very. I feel like this is going to be completely different. I think we're gonna. This is gonna be a watershed moment in in Overwatch to finally get like a taste of the travel and what comes with that because i don't i think people are like getting prepared but i don't i think it's going to be a, a massive shift and i think it's going to have a, a lot of fallout some some good some bad i i think it's going to be another season one where people are like okay we did not expect these problems to arise we had to put out fires all over the place this that the other thing and then season four season five people really start to get the hang of things with traveling and whatnot so um this things are going to change drastically i think and and it might not be the players in the rosters and the coaches it might not be like the very superficial things but just behind the scenes what what kind of things that these players have dealt with these last two seasons are going to be i think completely different going in to to practicing and preparing for for travel and and what comes with 2020 so this is a new era. This is this is different. Every uh, and every season we've had something that's been drastically different, right? Season two, obviously, yeah. we added eight expansion teams. Definitely, uh, which you know, again, threw a whole wrench into how we evaluated teams and how we even yeah. how we expected them to approach the season. A lot of people were like, with this many teams, player, you know, teams could have way smaller rosters because there's less prime, yeah. uh, talent, and prime that wasn't to really totally true. We still mm-hmm. had multiple teams at 12, I believe. We still had uh, multiple teams at 10+. plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can only speculate. And again, yeah. like show, show me a ledger with how much travel is going to cost and how much that changes by adding or removing a player. And yeah. you all of a sudden have a lot more. And then you have, to, like, you have to cross-check that for, uh, with you know, how much you're willing to allocate to travel over a year mm-hmm. um it's like okay we've got this budget we're gonna allocate that's no travel. visa that's no food that's no yep. leisure pay like that yep. that looks real good i would imagine for uh you know the bookies like that's that that looks great for business so like i can to, to bench's point like i can definitely see where that thought process goes and i'm i'm sure that some teams will definitely cut back but i'm interested to see the league-wide average if it increases or decreases I will also say, I personally, and that's, uh, okay, I don't think it is established yet, or um, like it will definitely be that case, but Mm -hmm. I think the travel will matter more to who's good and who's not than even switching from dive to goats did. Sure, sure. I think we will be absolutely gobsmacked at who's who's suddenly sucking and who's suddenly good. Yep. I think it will be very, very significant. I think yep. travel yep. has a lot more to do with 
that though than like the idea that players are just going to be tired and they're not going to get like I think it just has to do with the physical mm-hmm. soul traveling from New York to Guangzhou would have but I, I honestly I don't think that just that like the time difference and adjustment time is actually that big of a deal I think we might so I think we might disagree Hmm, okay, interesting. Uh, uh, well, well, I think this will really surface in the, in the power rankings we do. I I think well, it's going to eat it, those salts. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be another uh, deal breaker for a lot of these kids that are like, Dude, you know what? I like the idea of this, but in reality, eh. We on these plane. kids haven't had a consistent work schedule ever. Not in their at all. Lives. I agree. So. I think that this is probably easier for them to transition to than it would be someone like me who I'm like, I go to bed at 11, I wake up at 7.30, done. I think for some it might be. I I, I, I highly suspect that people are going get, to get broken by this. Uh, broken, then it will really come down to the quality of the managers just 100%. Like ensuring practice environments in these new locations. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a huge issue. Actually. I don't think anybody has any idea what to do. Yeah. They have no clue what to do, whether it's like reviewing on planes or like renting out like land centers to practice in. Like, I hope that they have some sort of like first, secondary and like tertiary plans, because like this is going to be a a mess if you don't have like if you're still figuring out visas and there, you haven't even thought about that. It's also going to be a mess. I don't, I don't trust. Like I don't trust every team to figure that out. No. I mean, like going back even to season one in the preseason, like we, we tend to forget like fusion didn't even show up to the preseason. Like this yeah. is not unprecedented that teams are just like, ah, oh, we need more time. We can't do this right now. Like I wouldn't be surprised if certain players aren't going to have visas in time. We saw that this season. Um, yeah. I, I expect this to be another just hopefully not I, I again i don't wish this and I'm, I'm not trying to be cynical but in reality like this is gonna be a mess um do you think that we see in the next two to three years an overwatch league team that has their own plane yeah hmm. yeah. yeah i could see that i think i could even see partnerships already i mean didn't uh didn't uh World Not Cup with American team. Airlines, though. Hey, anywho. <laughs> Didn't like a World Cup team last year. I know um, Laser Kittens did like way back in the day. That's, yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. that I, remember I, don't, I don't know how. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not going to speak yeah. on that. But uh, um, like, I don't know. I would have to look at the cost, right? But if you're. And again, like, does it make is it worth a cost of a private plane for, you know, a million in prize money? Depends. Or, you know, right. So Can like, you again, set up the plane and trick ha- it out. We don't have enough. We don't have enough info. But part of me is yeah. like, what's the ideal situation? You have really comfy bunks and you have a little land center on your plane. Just saying. And now you have you to rush out. So that might be scrim. Scrim on the plane because <laughs> y- your Wi-Fi is not good enough. So you have to have a little tournament server you bring with you everywhere. There you go. And then you Everybody's go, just hooked up by land. 6v6. Land on laptops. I've had it with these monkey fighting <laughs> things on this Monday to Friday work. train. That was a beautiful <laughs> workaround. Well done. That I feel like that deserves a clap. <laughs> yeah, that is actually... That. that is actually... <laughs> 
I didn't make that up. That was uh, uh, that's see, the that's... censored version of Snakes on a Plane by uh, yeah. It was yeah, really yeah. terrible. Uh, it's it's famous for that. I was I was ho- I was hoping that you, that was just like your wit <laughs> shining, but yeah. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Lots God. of really great questions, guys. Um, yes, keep them yes, coming, yes. Um, especially in um, all the Discord and stuff like that. But speaking of which, we gotta we gotta get out of here. Actually, rat time. It's that time. It's that time. time. Uh, big thank you to our Patreon producers, Battle Crab Made and Peter Y. If you like the show, go to Patreon Patreon slash Tactical Crouch. Sign up. We got a lot of great perks there, including your own role in our Discord where we discuss the show, upcoming topics, and just like Overwatch League in general. And we're all three pretty active on it. So we're really excited to have those conversations. So uh, that's patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Do it. Support the show. Support, uh, support the content that you love so much. And if it's not us, go support another creator that you love so much. Just yes, support, yes. Just support creators. Like Pay it forward, boys and girls. Uh, otherwise, too, as well, you can also sub on Twitch, twitch.tv slash kicktripod, and that will also get the, the role in um, Discord and a couple of cool emotes. I actually think I'm having Reagan make some new emotes for us. Oh. Uh, so that might be kind of cool. So we'll see about that. No timelines on that at all. Otherwise, follow us, twitter.com slash tactical underscore crouch. We record live at 11 a.m. Pacific time at twitch.tv slash blizz, or not blizzbro. That was my old Hearthstone <laughs> podcast. Oh, damn. Kick tripod. I know, right? Uh, we record there Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific time. So, all right. Well, besides that, uh, Joe, shout outs for the week. Where can people find you? Um, you can find me on all the socials at Volamel. That's V-O-L-A-M-E-L. Uh, I've got stuff to transcribe. Going to be writing a uh, reflective piece for Esports 7. Got a wrap up for Polygon in the works. Um, and then it's off to the races. We're going to we're going to do some maybe some gauntlet stuff. Maybe uh, I'll, I'll, share, I'll share some stories on the YouTube that are uh, a little bit more uh, appropriate for, you know, the old YouTube. Um, but other than that, yeah, just uh, prepare, you know, resting, preparing for BlizzCon. I will probably be there. 99% sure I'll be there. So again, come say hi. Bye, uh, sunscreen. It'll be, it'll be a good time. Definitely bringing sunscreen this time, 100%. But uh, yeah, just kind of chilling and uh, get back to work. Sweet. Uh, Yiska, what about you, man? Shadows for the week. Where can people find you? Um, I think I'm going to get a... Um, thinking it over out on uh, the YouTubes. Um, Germany's on Thursday. There's a national holiday, so I'll be off work there. Uh, got some exciting talks this week. We'll see how that goes in terms of a new uh, writing platform. And then, um, yeah, generally just on Twitter is probably the best call at Yiscout. Sweet. Uh, for me, you can find me everywhere at Kick Tripod. I'm going to be doing a lot more streaming. A little less World of Warcraft streaming because I just realized I'm a really bad streamer when I stream World of Warcraft. So uh, probably some Apex again, some TFT, maybe a little Fortnite here and there. Oh, we'll see. Forts. I heard mechs are back in. Oh, no. And I figured that way I can get some kills at least. <laughs> uh, You're the person <laughs> this is created for. I know. I'm coming back. 
Just give me an aimbot Jesus next Christ. time. There you go. Uh, yeah, so I'll Soldier be seventy six alt. I'll be playing some Blue different shell. games. I'll probably play some Overwatch too. <laughs> I Katie loves Overwatch, and so we play that together. We hop into quick play. And just kind of dunk on some fools. It's pretty fun. There you go. So, yeah, you can, uh, yeah, everywhere Kick Tripod. The show posts uh, to YouTube at youtube.com slash kick tripod. Otherwise, search Tactical Crouch everywhere else. Again, thank you to our patron producers, Battle Crab, Maid, and Peter Y. Go to patreon.com slash tactical crouch. Paul Blart Mall Cop. Go to Tactical Crouch, sign up, support the show. We're going to do uh, two Patreon game nights this month because we missed last yes. month uh, because of TwitchCon and Grand Finals. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, other than that, we're out, guys. See you for the post show after the show. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Goodbye. Bye.